Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What up, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Let's Ask Paul. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host. As always, welcome to the podcast. Remember, if you've got pressing electrical questions on the National Electrical Code or electricity or electrical in general, I do my best to answer those questions for you. All you got to do is go over to the portal at paulabernathy.com. You can put in your information and click that little submit button and it will come to me and I'll answer your question either in an email or I'll answer it on a podcast much like this one. So thanks for joining me. Hopefully you, uh, you stumbled across us. Again, Electrical Code Academy is a sponsor of all of our podcasts, whether it's Master the NEC podcast, whether it's Let's Ask Paul podcast, the Electrify podcast, Code in 5, okay? Uh, if you're listening to those and you like those little shorter type of podcasts, um, Electrical Code Academy sponsors all of those. If you have an interest in learning the National Electrical Code at a much higher level, it makes your job much easier, reduces the stress, helps you pass exams, helps you be the leader in your company, then do me a favor, go over to electricalcodeacademy.com.net or .org. It doesn't matter, and we'll get you some education. If you want to get some exclusive videos, exclusive podcasts that are only available to monthly or annual subscribers, and go over and check out our subscription program over on our website, electricalcodeacademy.com.net.org, doesn't matter, and you will get information on it. Uh, the best value to me is the annual because you also get other perks as well. So check that out. Okay, so we had some questions that were submitted uh, on this uh, for this episode, so we're going to kind of dive right into those and try to answer some of these questions for you. Uh, the first one is, hello, Paul. First, you give the best content. I've, I've learned a lot from your teaching. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. It's based on NEC 110.14.1a, and I think you mean 110.14c1a. It says 100 amps or less. We can only use conductors 60 degree Celsius. Okay. Um, okay. It, it doesn't actually say that, but I'll get, I'll get into detail. I'll get into more detail. Then it goes on to say, and in 31014A3, and I think you mean 310.14, um, uh, well, let's see here. You say 310.14A3. Let me go look at what you're saying here real quick, just so I can, because uh, uh, I'm going to get code books. Let's go look, because my, my lesson's going to be dealing with terminal limitations. But you make a statement about 31014A3, so let's go look. Now, your other code reference was wrong. So I'm going to hope that you're not wrong here. Well, at least we'll get around there. Let's see. Okay, 310.14A3. 
three temperature limitations. Okay, so you're looking at your temperature limitations and A3. Doesn't say anything in, in my mind. It doesn't say anything you're trying to say here. It says no conductor shall be used in a manner that is that is operating that its operating temperature exceeds that uh, that designated for the type of insulated conductor involved. In no case shall conductors be asso uh, associated together in such a way with respect to the type of circuit and wiring method employed or the number of conductors that the limiting temperature of any conductor is exceeded. Okay. Um, yeah, nothing says in there what you wanted it to say. Okay, so it, maybe it's your interpretation of that, but that's not what it says. Okay, so let me let me go on a little further here. It says it's, it's uh, you say and in three ten fourteen a three it states most terminations are sixty degree and seventy five degree Celsius. Um, I'm not sure whether you're looking in a handbook or whatnot, but that's not what it actually says in three ten to fourteen a three. Okay, but I'll explain. It says it continues to states we cannot use higher rated temperature rated conductors with 60 to 75 degree terminations. It does not say that either. Um, and I'll give you this little lesson to explain it. All right, it goes on. Now he asks for an example. It says, for example, I have a 60 degree Celsius termination. Okay, so you're telling me right off the bat that your terminal is not 60 slash 75. It is 60. Got it. Okay, we're good. Uh, and it says the circuit protection is a 100 amp rated. Uh, so that'd be an oddity for to have a 100 amp rated overcurrent protected device only rated 60. But in your example, we're going to say that's what you got. So that's what you got. All right. It says, it says, I won't be able to use three AWE THHN rated at 115 amperes. Question mark, question mark. It says the termination temperature limitations is confusing me. At work, we use a lot of THHN on equipment with 60 75 degree terminations. Without the need of, of temperature correction and adjustment, could you please help clarify? Thank you. Okay. Well, in this, in this example, I'm going to explain to you the need of how you would use adjustment and corrections, but I want to answer your question because you said do it without any, you know, need for a temperature or adjustments for the number of current current conductors. So I'm just going to teach it to you that way. Okay, first, you say it was a 60 degree terminal, right? And you're choosing a three gauge, by the way, you said three gauge a AWG, uh, THHN. Okay, so 60 degree terminals. Now, the first thing I want to tell you is you said 110.14A1, you actually want to say 110.14C1A. Okay, so let's go look at that in our code book really quickly. For those that have a code book, if you don't pause, go grab your code book, come back, and then we'll uh, we can jump right into it. All right. Also, I should tell you that I'm using the 2020 edition of the National Electrical Code. Um, soon I will be shifting to 100% 2023, uh, but we'll always make references back to previous editions if there's some significant change, uh, because I like to be progressive and always moving forward once one's published. And 2023 was published on September 1st of 2022. I like to keep moving forward. But again, to help people out, I will drop back and make references where necessary for clarity, things like that. All right. So 110.14C1A says termination provisions of equipment for circuits rated 100 amperes or less. And that's what you have 
or marked 14 through one gauge, and that's what you've got, you chose a three, okay? Three is uh, smaller than one, uh, shall be used only for one of the following. Okay, so the first item says conductors rated 60 degrees C. So in this case, you're implying that you couldn't use THHN because it's not rated just 60 degrees C. No, there's other numbers here, okay? There's other numbers that are, that are involved in here uh, that you're going to be able to utilize. So it's not forcing you. But what it is forcing you is that at this stage, we know that the terminals are rated 60, right? And so it's so important to read the charging statement in 110.14C1, okay, and C, period, just C in itself. Now, I'm going to read this because I think it brings context to this discussion. So 110.14C says temperature limitations. It says the temperature rating associated with the ampacity of a conductor shall be selected and coordinated so as not to exceed the lowest temperature rating of any connected termination, conductor, or device. So this is where we use the weak link theory. Okay, so I could have a terminal that's 60, a conductor that's rated 90, and a terminal at a piece of equipment rated 75. I'm still stuck in the 60 because 60 is what? The 60 is the lowest rated temperature that we're dealing with here. Okay? The lowest temperature rating of, in this case, the termination, not the conductor, not the end device or whatever we're connecting on the other end, let's say a receptacle or whatever we're doing, um, or a piece of equipment. At this stage, it's the overcurrent device, which we've stated is the lowest value. Okay. Now, it goes on to say this. This is why it's so important to read everything in 110.14c. It goes on to say conductors with temperature ratings higher then specified for terminations shall be permitted to be used for ampacity adjustments, corrections, or both, okay? So you're getting the permission here, one, to be aware of the weakest link, okay, when you're selecting a conductor. Two, you're getting permission to use a conductor with a higher temperature rating for adjustment and correction purposes, knowing that you still can't exceed the value of the 60 degree column in this case, because that would be the weakest link. Make sense? All right, so now we get to move into the provisions. And so this is, then and now is when we get to look at C1. And I will dissect this question. So C1 is equipment provisions, okay? So we've moved from the temperature limitations, giving you general information. Now we're moving to equipment. It says, the determination of termination provisions of equipment shall be based on 110.14C1A or C1B. So you've got conditions in C1A, which is, again, going to be 100 amps or less or conductors that are marked 14 through 1. And then you've got C1B, which is going to be over 100 amps and for conductors that are larger than 1 gauge, okay? 1 out and larger, for example, okay? Then you would use 75. So that's the basic principles that we're dealing with here. Now, you'll notice that 90 is not here, but the charging statement, I should say, well, the lead-in statement in C gave me permission to use a conductor with a higher temperature rating in order to do adjustment and corrections, okay? And we also get that permission up in uh, 310.15 as well, okay? All right, so let's kind of go back here uh, and to your question. 
So you said that you chose a three gauge uh, because you want to put it, you know, because three gauge at the 90 is good for 115 amperes. But now you happen to know, and, you, and no adjustment and corrections involved, because you said that no adjustment and correction involves. So now you go back to that three gauge and you're stuck in the 60 degree column. Why? Because you told me the terminals were 60. And so you got to go back and look and read what it said in 110.14c to understand that. You're stuck. Now, just because my conductor has a 90 degree rated insulation and my terminals might be at the other end might be something higher. You told me that the overcurrent protection has a 60 degree rating. So under 60 degree column, a three gauge is good for 85 amperes. It's not going to work for you in your situation. So you said no adjustment and corrections exist. And you want to know what conductor you have to do to do the 100 amps. Then you're going to have to bump it up to a, um, well, you actually could do a two gauge at 95, right? As long as your calculated load doesn't exceed that. And the reason I say that is because if you go back and look, say you have a conductor that's rated 95 amperes, which would be a two gauge under the 60. If you go look at 240.6 for overcurrent protection, you'll see that you do have a 90. That conductor's rated for 95. If it doesn't correspond, the next available size is 100, right? So you could terminate that two gauge at 95 amps on a 100 amp overcurrent device as long as your calculated load doesn't exceed the 95 amps. Okay, so you have some, you know, brand circuit out there, some feeder out there. You, you, you've got this, you know, you've got the ability to do this, okay? So, but if you want to, to know what conductor can immediately handle 100 amperes under the 60-degree column, then you just jump to one, and a one gauge is 110 amps, okay? All right, so now we're going to play devil's advocate here for this stuff. So, in your case, if you did have, let's say we did have a, and I'm going a little deeper than your question, okay? Uh, if you did have a correction that had to take place, let's say you had 102 degrees Fahrenheit ambient temperature in the location where you're installing this, this let's say it's a uh, branch circuit to a larger piece of equipment, whatever it be, okay? Then you're going to say, well, what conductor would I use then? All right, well, it's THHN. Remember what it said in 110.14C, that I could use that higher temperature rating for adjustment and correction purposes. But I also have to remember terminal limitations at each end. Okay, now you're still, you're still at the 60, right? So the first thing I always tell people is pick the conductor from the 60 degree column that can handle the load that you've got to work with. Okay, so in this case, it'd be a two or a one, which is more than you need, but be a two. The question is, will that conductor be, have enough ampacity now to handle that load after some type of correction or an adjustment? And in our case, we just said, look, we've got a, a three gauge, it's a 100 amp load, and under the six degree column, we're running a two gauge, which is good for 95 amperes. And as I'm assuming my calculated load, you've done the math, is not going to exceed 95 amps. Okay. So the question is, if I have an elevated ambient temperature, will that two gauge still be able to handle this, this situation? Would I be able to, what's the new ampacity of this conductor? Remembering I can't exceed the value in the 60 degree column. I still, I can never exceed 
If I choose a two gauge, I never can exceed 95, ever. Okay? All right, so we said it was 102 degrees Fahrenheit now and just kind of throwing up some numbers there. So we have to get the multiplier for that because it is other than 30 degrees Celsius, 86 degrees Fahrenheit that's in table 31016, right? So we're going to use 31015B1. That's your ambient temperature correction factor table, right? And this is rated for 30 degrees C. So this is for use in those ampacity tables that reference 30 degrees C. Okay, so that's 31016, 31017, but 31018, 31019, 31020, all of those reference 40 degrees C. So that's when you would use 31015B2. That's when you'd use that table below the other one. Okay, but we're going to use 31015B1 for this. Now, since our insulation was rated 90, when we come to this table, we're going to go to the 90 degree column. And we're going to come down until it correlates on the right to 104 degrees, excuse me, 102 degrees Fahrenheit. So I'm going to come down and I'm going to go to the right. And I'm going to see that between 96 to 104, that at 90 degrees C rated temperature rated insulation, it's going to be 0.91. So you're forgetting the 60 for the terminal right now. You're just trying to get the modifier based on the insulation that's on the conductor. Uh, and it's rating. And it is rated 90. So I can use that. So here you see 0.91, all right? You want to write that down. That's your multiplier now. Okay, so we get to go back to 31016, the ampacity table. Now, remember what it said in 110.14c, that we can use conductors with a higher temperature rating for adjustment and corrective purposes. Now, since it's rated 90 degrees C, then I'm going to use the 90 degree C ampacity value, the 115 amperes for that three. And actually, we selected two because I went away from your question. I already told you the size for yours, but we went to a two. And that means that we use the 130 under the 90. So I'm going to take that 130 and I'm going to multiply that by 0.91. That gives me 118.3. So that's the new ampacity of the conductor. Even it's a two gauge, it's, it's good after it's uh, uh, correction. It's still good for 118, right? But we know that we still can't exceed the value that's in the 60 degree column because of our terminal limitation. So that's still 95. And our load itself, as long as we determined our calculated load doesn't exceed that, can that 118 amp rated conductor handle that 95 amps of calculated load? Absolutely. In fact, even if it was a 100 amp rated overcurrent device, is it still okay on a conductor that's good for 118 amps? Absolutely, it's still good for that. So all you did here was to, to validate that your selection was right. So that's a neat little tip for everybody. The first thing you want to do is once you determine the lowest factor, if it's 60 degree, pick the conductor that you need under that column first, and then do your adjustment and corrections if they're applicable to make sure that you still have a conductor that has enough ampacity to one, handle your, your calculated load, right? And make sure that if it happens to fall below the value in the 60 degree column, you'd be okay Again, as long as your calculated load doesn't exceed that new, um, that new ampacity that you calculated out using your multiplier. You with me? Okay, so 
that's how it is. So to answer your question, going back now to 110.14, and hopefully I'm not confusing you. It is a podcast, by the way. If you go back to 110.14c1, again, we want to quantify all this. So if you look at 110.14c1a, you'll see there's a 1, 2, 3, 4. So number one says, okay, if it's 100 amps or less, or mark, conductors are marked 14 through 1, then you're going to use a conductor that's rated 60 degrees C. And so if you have a conductor, TW, for example, that's rated 60 degrees C, then there you go. If it was 100 amps or less, then that tells you the ampacity that corresponds is going to be 31016 column C. I mean, column uh, 60 degree C. Now, item two says, look, you can use conductors with a higher temperature rating provided that the ampacity of such conductor is determined based on the 60 degree C ampacity of the conductor size used. And what does that mean? That means, look, I can use a conductor with a higher temperature rating like we did at THHN, but the terminals are still rated 60 or it's still 100 amps or less. You know what I'm saying? So you're still going to choose, you're still going to have the 60 degree ampacity column that you've got to deal with. Okay, and that's what I'd say. Just go choose it from the 60 up front, and then you can do adjustment and corrections to see whether or not you still have a conductor that can handle the load. But the one that you're probably going to use the most is 110.14C1A3, and that says conductors with a higher temperature rating, which yours were, THHN, okay, uh, it says conductors with a higher temperature rating if the equipment is listed and identified for use with such conductors. So I could have a raceway with THHN conductors in it, right? And as long and they could be under 100 amps. Uh, they could be 12 gauge, 10 gauge, whatever. And we're not talking non-metallic sheath cable now because that is also limited to 60 based on 334.80. So that's not what we're talking about. That's why I said a raceway. So they're installed in the raceway. Individual single insulated conductors are installed. If the temperature on the insulation was rated 75 or 90, then I can most certainly use it. If the terminals happen to be rated 75 or 60 75, if I want to choose a 75, if my conductor's insulation is rated 75, and if the terminals at the load end or whatever it is I'm terminating to is rated at least 75, then I can use the ampacity values under the 75 degree, uh, under the 75 degree column of 31016. It'd be okay. But you might be saying, well, it's still, isn't it a less than 100 amps? Yes, but this is telling you it's okay because the lugs are listed for 75. The insulation on that conductor is at least 75. In most cases, it's probably higher, be 90. And the terminations are listed at least 75. So that's what it means in the, when it talks about in the C1 and C, when it talks about when they're actually specified higher and everything is rated higher, then you get to ignore this. Now, if you're walking in on a job and you can't determine the rating of the overcurrent device, maybe it's older, you're doing a service call or a change or whatever, uh, but you can determine that the sizes are one gauge and smaller, then you're going to be in the 60-degree column if you can't make out anything, right? Because that's the general rule. Um, if you go in there and you notice that the terminal's rated 60, uh, the conductors are rated 75 or higher, like a THWN, that'd be 75 in a wet, um, or a TH, 
uh, WN-2, which would be 90 in a wet because of that dash two and whatnot. If you determine that and you look at the load lugs and they're rated 75, but you still don't know what the overcurrent device is because there's nothing marked on it, you're still going to have to stay in the six degree column for ampacity. Why? Because it's an unknown variable. And if it's unknown, then you have to default back to, well, it's 100 amps or less. So I'm going to have to use 60. Yes, the, you might use insulation on a conductor that's higher. You might know the load. Maybe it's a new load you're putting on to this existing breaker in a panel. You still got to go with the weakest link. You with me? But if you know everything's rating, the breaker, the conductors, the loads termination, and all of those are 75 or higher, then you can go for it. Then you get to use the 75 degree C column, even if it was less than 100, if it was 100 amps or less, then you could do that. Now, again, this does not apply to non-metallic sheet cable, but it does apply broadly to all other types of wiring methods that don't have that same type of uh, limitation on it. Okay. Same concept for 110.14C1B. That is 100, over 100 amps and conductors that are like one knot larger. Same concept. You're going to use 75. Um, now, people ask me, again, when can you use the 90? For adjustment and corrective purposes. But you also could use the 90 degree ampacity value of a conductor if you're going, like, say, from a, a bus to a bus. And that bus might be rated 90 degrees C. If that insulation is rated 90 degrees C, then I can use the full amount of ampacity on that conductor from point A to point B because you don't have limitations like the overcurrent device or a piece of equipment with a terminal limitation on it. You with me? So looking at your applications, it behooves you to, to really pay attention to that because you can take advantage. Remember, the ampacities in 310.16, those ampacities that you have there, those are at continuous load. They can handle that level of ampacity indefinitely under those conditions of use, which is 30 degrees Celsius, 86 degrees Fahrenheit, or not more than three current carrying conductors. The moment that you change those conditions of use, then you're going to have to do some type of adjustment or some type of correction. And that's why I encourage you to watch my derating demystified video. Uh, it's available in our annual subscription program over on our website. You get a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, a bunch of other videos, thousands of hours that you can watch, 12-hour grounding and bonding webinar, uh, eight-part series on swimming pools, spas, and hot tubs that I did with Vince Delacroix. Uh, there's so much over there that are part of that that it pays for itself. Go check that out if you're interested in our monthly subscription program or our annual subscription program. All right, let's see here. That answers that question. Let's go on to another question we might have for today. Hopefully they answer. It took me 26 minutes to answer that question. So, all right. I think I'm actually, that's the only question I'm going to answer in this podcast today because that's way too long for you folks to listen. But hopefully you did get something out of me talking about adjustment, correction, and answering that question. And for the listener out there, I hope that answered your question. Okay? I'm trying to keep these shorter, at least under 30 minutes. So until next time, folks, stay safe. God bless.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.